welcome back everybody to uh, Mental Health Unboxed. Um, we, this, in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, suicidal, um, how, to, how to handle a suicide crisis, how to approach a person who is at the precipice, the person that you found on the roof ready to jump, the person that you found with a bottle of pills, the person that you found with the knife for the rest to sleep their wrist. We're going to talk about how to deal with that. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about how to identify that somebody is suicidal because we know that not all people that are suicidal present the way we the way we put it in our minds, a stereotypical way, right? We don't we don't think that we we have to acknowledge that people who are suicidal don't just um, you don't find them at the at the ledge sometimes. You find them they're on the road next to you when you cross. Then closeted next to you, they laugh with you. You go to the bar together, you go for movies together, and yet this person will still be wanting to kill themselves. So we're also going to discuss how to how to identify that maybe Agatha. Agatha is my name. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. My name is Agatha, and I'll be doing this podcast with Paul and Flavia, who are also from the Basket Foundation. Yes. So we're going to be talking about how Agatha is. How, Agatha, how to know that Agatha wants to kill herself, even though you've not seen Agatha stand at the edge of a very tall building or um, or slitterists, yes. So I think we should start with the case, with a scenario, with a scenario so we can identify what to do in a crisis. So let's say uh, it's eight in the evening, I suppose, or nine in the morning, I don't really know what time it would have occurred to me to do it but uh let's say it's nine in the morning and i'm standing and you find me in my room and i'm holding a bottle of pills and i have decided that today is going to be the day when i take the pills and i don't want to come back from taking the pills i want to be left alone i want to take my pills and i want to go to the other place that's easier than this place so what are you going to do when you find that agatha is going to do it today what are you going to do when you find Paul on the roof? What are you going to do when you find Flavia in her room with a rope? That she said to the balcony, she's going to jump over and hang herself. What are you going to do then? That's what we're going to discuss. So um, since it's supposed to be a discussion, I'll go first, then we'll have other people tell us. We'll have Paul and Flavia tell us what to do. So the first thing you have to understand is that suicide makes sense to a suicidal person, right? You're not going to look me in the eye and tell me it doesn't make sense and tell me what are you doing? Like, it's so outrageous that I'm sitting with a bottle of pills. If I am seated with a bottle of pills, I have reasoned it out and it has made sense to me. And you have to accept that and you have to acknowledge it. So when you find me with my pills or with my razor, with my rope, you have to look me in the eye and tell me that I understand. You understand where I'm seated here and I've decided to end my life. You must know that. You must understand that. So your first instinct shouldn't be to show me that what I am doing is outrageous. Your first instinct should be to understand that I am doing it because I have decided to do it. It has made sense to me to do it. So if you're not going to remember anything else from this discussion, let's remember that that suicide makes sense to a suicidal person, right? And you have to understand, we know life is hard. Even if I'm telling you to understand and you may, it may go against everything in you to understand that suicide makes sense to a suicidal person, life is hard, we all know it, we've lived it. It gets really tough sometimes. And at that point is when you decide that I'm going to I'm just going to do it. I'm going to leave. I mean, wherever I'm going has to be better than this. This place is hard. Living is hard. And it's like there's no reward. Okay. Um, so after understanding that it has made sense to me, you have to assess how much I mean what I mean. Because we have to, we, I think it would help if we were able to distinguish between a gesture and the actual attempt at suicide. 
the suicidal gesture is a, is a cry for help. Women actually want to kill themselves, but it's getting harder to live. Suicide is becoming the better option. Slowly by slowly, but surely it's going to become the best option at a point. But this person doesn't intend to kill themselves. In that way, you may find that I am going to sleep my rest, but I left the door open. I wanted someone to find me before I finished. Or when you found me on the roof, you found me sitting. I was thinking about you. I was thinking, do I really need to do this? Is this what I want to do? So if it's a gesture, you know that you have to help that person. That's a cry for help. Person doesn't actually want to die. An attempt is I locked the door and I slipped my wrist and I left a note. And you found me by accident. I didn't intend for it to find me. That's the difference. So lethality, for you to know how badly I want it, how badly, how much I was going to do it. After you expressed to me that how much I meant what I meant, what I was going to do. After that, you have to make me a friend. But for you to be able to get me off the ledge, for you to be able to stop me from slitting Mary's, if I don't know you, so that is... Uh, is important. It's something we call rapport, establishing rapport. You have to put yourself in a position where I trust you. We both have to make the effort, of course. But in the situation where I'm on the ledge, you have to make most of the effort. I don't really want to be your friend, but it would be nice if you tried. It might be the reason I get down, I get off the ledge, I decide not to tell the place. And if you do get me to talk, listen to me. Don't interrupt my story. Don't give me advice. Don't ask me, how did you reach the code? Don't ask me questions. Let me finish my story. So whatever, a person is experiencing suicidal ideation and suicidal gestures has a tipping point. I've been thinking about it. But I haven't done it yet. And if I decided to do it today, there must be a reason why, right? So if I decide to do it today, you have to find out what feelings led me to decide that today was the best. Loneliness, numbness, whatever it is. And you will only figure it out if you listen to my story well. If you listen, oh, you have to, even if it's just asking me how was your day. When you say it like when you say them, when you say the steps to inter, it's called it's called crisis interventions. When you say the steps to crisis intervention, it sounds like they are big things for me personally. It sounds like how would I be able to do that? But if you just see, if you imagine me on the ledge, imagine Agatha on the ledge, and Paul comes up and finds Agatha on the ledge, and Agatha says, "Paul, I'm going to jump. I'm going to do it today. I'm done." The first thing Paul has to tell me is that it's okay. I understand why you're here. I understand what led you to be here. Paul has to show Agatha that Agatha's decision to jump isn't stupid. It isn't outrageous. Paul has to discuss to Agatha that Paul understands. Paul has to discuss to Agatha that Paul could be the one on the ledge. It's difficult to do, I understand. But it, you have to show that you can put yourself in the position that Agatha is in. And obviously, we understand that suicide, that a person attempting to commit suicide, a suicidal gesture, is not just traumatizing for the person themselves, but for the intervener as well. And so it's not, if we're not telling you that this is your, uh, I don't know, they call it a corporate responsibility. I'm not telling you that that's your corporate responsibility. I'm just saying that if you find Agatha and you'd like to help Agatha, this is how you help Agatha. But if you find Agatha and you feel that you do not 
you don't have the right words. You just make a situation work. If you feel like this, this it's too much for you and you won't know how to handle it, it's okay not to do it, not to intervene. And I know that this may sound um, contro- is it controversial, I guess, but if you know you cannot handle a situation, there is nothing wrong from not trying to handle it. If you know that you're going to make a situation work, don't try to intervene, okay? Just sit with the person. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to draw them back from the ledge, all that. All you have to do is sit with the person. If you know the steps are too many for you, if there's too much work to do, just sit with the person, okay? So we phone Agatha, we told Agatha that we understand why she's where she is, why she's going to upload the pills. We've asked, we've found a way to discern whether Agatha is actually going to jump. Did we find her standing or seated on the ledge? Was the pill was the bottle of pills open or closed? When you walked in, was she holding the razor or was it still in front of her? Did you find her contemplating it or you found her right? there she was going to do it and you walked in and when you walked in did she stop or did she try to continue did you have to wrestle her for the bottle of pills or did she just sit there looking at it how you walked in i would think that's how you assess lethality because i'm not going to ask her you're not going to ask agatha why are you really going to do it i might just do it just to prove to you that i was going to do it and just like that you won't even reach the second step of assessment so when you see her, you have to note body movement, posture, all those. Was I far from the bottom of pill? Was it right next to So after you've assessed if the lethality of the situation, then you start talking to me. It doesn't have to be a lot of a, it doesn't have to be an in-depth conversation. We don't have to talk about reality and existential, we don't have to do any of that. We can just start easily. My name is Paul, what's your name? Um, how is it that you found yourself here today? Or how much nicer way to say it? I'm not really a conversationalist. I think I'll, I'd have to figure out how to say the words, but I'd also like to believe they'd come to me in a situation. That's my name is Paul. I'd like to sit with you for a bit, if that's okay with you. Would you like us to talk about something? Or would you like us to sit in silence? But in this situation, we're assuming that Agatha is calm. And we have to consider the fact that I might be aggressive, that you might walk in when I'm trying to cut my wrist and you tried to stop me, and I tried to cut you. That situation has escalated. Always remember to call for help. Always remember that. You cannot do everything on your own. To de-escalate a a crisis like that is a lot of work. If you find others on the ledge, and you know some people around, not even you have to know that people, you just need to call somebody to be there with you. Although knowing our country, you have to know your surroundings and at least have like grasp of the persons that you're with because it's completely possible that you will call somebody to assist you and they'll probably beat up the person that was trying to attempt. You have to consider that. So in all that, in telling me who you are, and sitting in me silently, ensuring me that you're not a threat, you could actually cock me, that's the bad word. If you would, I don't know the words, tease me into telling you my story. I may not tell you all my story, I may not tell you how it came to be that I'm on the roof, but it may be me telling you that I just had a really bad day. And then I'll ask you, tell me about your day. How did it start? 
right from the moment you got out of bed. I want to know every detail. If your heart isn't in need, don't try to help the person. If you're just doing it because you think it's your corporate responsibility, do not help the person. And when you tell Agatha you want to know about her day, you want to know about her day. Because that is the only way you're going to figure out that her, girl, her boyfriend or girlfriend yelled at her and she got angry and she felt useless. And that's how she ended up in the room. And that's how you're going to find out that she has no money and she has taxes to pay and she's been just out of her home. She has literally no means of living. That's why she's in the room. That's the only way you're going to find out. And after you've found out that Agatha is feeling useless, or she's feeling incomplete, or she's feeling like she's not doing this life thing right, that's how you start to manage the feeling. The sadness is anger, you acknowledge it. You feel it with Agatha, and then you try. Because it's an emotional wound, we don't expect it to heal. But we try to get Agatha to give herself time to heal. We don't expect to fix the situation. We expect to get her to believe the situation is fixable. What takes you to the ledge is no hope. What brings you down from the ledge is hope. What we're trying to do is give Agatha hope. We don't need to fix things. Just need her to believe that the things are fixable. And that's when you can start to tell her about, um, it's okay if you talk about it with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, they'll forgive you. You just need to give it time. You will get another job. You will get another house. There's ups and downs in life. All that. That's where you start from. I think... Flavia, Flavia has more experience in this, will tell us how to handle the crisis if the person is more assertive or more aggressive. Because we all understand that in that situation, there's a lot of variables. You can't just follow the same steps. And after you've got Agatha ledge, you're invested now. You have to see how to behave. I think now, um, well, here, here, what does other guys have to say? How? Yeah, thanks. Wow, that was like amazing, Agatha. I was like taking down notes. Um, I love what you said about it making sense to the individual. And I think that's something that's very important to note. You know, even when you have a conversation with them and they say something and you're like, really? Like, it doesn't matter what you would do in that situation. What matters most is the fact that Paul is in this place and this is what whatever situation she's in has brought her to. So I think it's important, like, don't start um, arguing with them and saying, but, you know, we could have done this. Da, 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 da. I think you need to understand that for them, they're in this situation and what brought them into this situation is important to them and is valid to them. I think something else that's also very, very crucial is you need to be calm. And in being calm, um, something that's also important is don't make it about you. I think some we have we have a tendency, like every time we enter into a situation to think that, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, how will this affect me? How will this bother me? How will this do this for me? But in such a situation, you need to be able to remove yourself from the situation and understand that this is all about Paul because Paul is going through a tough time. And, you know, Agatha pointed out that it can be difficult and it can be stressful for you emotionally. And we're not taking away from that. But you need to understand that this is, it's a crisis situation. You know, it's sort of like crunch time. It's do or die, literally. Because, you know, if you don't do this right, someone could lose their life. And we don't want that person to lose their life. So it's important for us, for, important for you as the person who is intervening to take a deep breath. And be calm, you know, don't try to make everything about you. Don't try to make every situation about you. I think there's a tendency for people to react and say, 
how could you do this to me? What will I do without you? Da -da 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 -da. Your family, your this, your that, all these other people. And all these other people's feelings and emotions are important. And we're not saying that they're not. But in this situation, we need to be focused on the person who is standing at the edge, who is standing or on, on the ledge, you know? Um, another thing that, that I think is also very, very important is it's important to listen and also truly listen. Don't, don't just like be there because you're like, eh, what will people think if I walk away? But you need to be present for this individual because one of the things that suicide, um, being suicidal does is it makes you feel extremely lonely and you feel sort of extremely isolated. So someone who walks in and says, you know what, I'm going to intervene and help this person um, needs to be um, somebody who is present, somebody who is actually going to pay attention to what this person is saying. And if you feel that you're not able to be this person for someone, um, you know, tell them, you know what, maybe we could call, suggest someone who you think they're close to. It, it might help. Maybe we could call, I don't know, your friend, or maybe we could call this. And if they don't want you to call that person, please don't insist. I think it's important to do things that make the person feel comfortable. And so, yes, so you need to work towards ensuring that this person is, is comfortable in this situation. And you need to work towards ensuring that this person is able to let their guard down and is able to calm down. Um, another thing that I think is also very important is like, don't leave this person alone. Even if you don't know what to say, simply tell them, okay, you know what? I just want to sit with you. Let me just be with you in this moment. We don't have to talk. Um, we don't have to do anything. Let me just sit with you. Um, it's also important like to ask for their permission before you do something. You know, If you want to give them a hug or if you want to hold their hand, don't just you know run over and just grab someone. Tell them, would it be all right if I gave you a hug? Would it be all right if I sat with you? Would it be all right if I stayed with you? You know, so that they, 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 they feel a bit of control because right now their emotions are all over their place and, and they, they don't really have a lot of control. But in you asking them, in you telling them, would it be okay? You're giving them a, a semblance of control and control has the ability to give us peace because as human beings, I think we're people who, who want to know. So if I know like what's going to happen it, 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 and I know like I can prepare myself. So it gives me a semblance of peace and it can help in calming these people down. So, um, you know, ask them, can I sit with you? Can I hold your hand? Da, 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 da. Thank you so much, Paul and Agatha, for sharing your very um, good thoughts and opinions on how we should approach somebody that's suicidal. Uh, if our next guest doesn't mind, um, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners and carry on the conversation on how we should approach this issue? Please. Thank you. Uh, I'm Flavia, mental health specialist. Yes, today we are going to talk about how to identify someone who is suicidal how to identify suicidal behaviors among an individual, maybe your friends, neighbors, and how we can help, what you call crisis intervention. As earlier on, my friends talked about uh, how, 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 how you can try to maybe talk to that person, but first and foremost is when you encounter such a person, Maybe in societies, homes, maybe your neighbor, maybe your friend at the workplace. The first thing to be done is de-escalate the emotions. Because you find that that person, at that very time, someone is emotions, that someone is anxious, fearful, they are tense, they have, they have, feelings that they are unworthy they are hopeless they only think of dying they always have it that that is the only solution to their problems to whatever is calling them to to be suicidal when you de-escalate the emotions try to calm that person down create trust if 
for, perhaps you're meeting the person for the first time maybe you're on your way going and you found someone is up maybe he's going to to jump on from the top of the roof to the floor the escalate build trust give foundation for that person why should that person trust you communication skills perhaps we need to be good listeners communicate consent ask that person is it okay can i do this can i do this we shouldn't be judgmental shouldn't be judgmental mm, don't be like this is not the only thing you need to do what 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 no you don't need to be judgmental try to be empathetic try to try to put yourself make that person feel like you are getting what he or she is going through try to focus on the person's emotions at that time don't focus on the family don't focus on the friends don't focus on the problem try to focus on the on the on the person's emotions as earlier said that at times when we are talking to such a person we we aim at giving them hope okay we may not fix the problem but at least we give them hope we give them that hope that the problem can be fixed not necessarily by committing suicide but other alternatives so when it comes to the professional view this these were just part of the counseling skills and the psychotherapy skills that at least as you're going to encounter such a person who is suicidal try to be as much as possible ashamed non-judgmental be empathetic you you shouldn't hmm, be a good listener build that trust talk as if you and and shouldn't over exaggerate the the, 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 the the scenarios or the instances just just be on point be focused yeah so when it comes to the professional management as times for us suicidal attempts or suicidal behaviors or even suicidal thoughts just mere thinking of dying when someone just says i think i should die not even having a plan not even having an idea but just a thought that becomes a psychiatric emergency it becomes it really really attracts our attention very very fast that we need to, uh, to 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 try as much as possible to make those those negative thoughts and they become positive how do we do it uh, many people don't get chances of coming to to hospitals or to get the profit to meet the professionals in the health facilities so that really makes it hard by a shame a person is brought in hospital they're at the level of maybe an attempt the level of, of maybe a failed plan and they were just rescued but if possible we we ideally could curb those negative emotions from the very beginning just from that just mere having a thought if we could change those negative thoughts there and then into positive thoughts then that would be the best management but at times you find that it is really hard because at times you may not you may not really identify the someone's thoughts unless they they are reflected in maybe in behavior. So when 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 we get someone who is maybe suicidal, maybe was stopped, uh, maybe was he took poison, maybe he has a rope. He was he, he was found going to hang him or her soap. Maybe he was rescued at that time and maybe it's brought to me who is a health profession then fine is i'll do the first things first you consent create rapport make them not feel like they're judgmental you make a person like feel like he's not going to be judged but he's going to be hoped you understand try to calm the emotions and the rest then there is what we use to assess the risk sometimes the risk determines the management we have someone who is at a very high risk 
some annuities that are very moderate risk and some annuities that are very low risk. So you find that some annuities that are low risk, okay, may need attention, may need intervention, but not like some annuities that are high risk. So we use a scale in our management that has a slogan of sad persons. So it is already scored out of 10. So if a person scores below 3 and below 3, 2, 1, 0, that person is at a low risk. Then if a person scores from 4, 5, 6 at times, that person, okay, he or she can commit suicide, but the chances of that person terminating his or her life is very minimal or is very moderate. Then that, that brings in the, 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 the idea of self-harm. In most cases, self-harm, self-harm is always noticed in people who are at a low risk, someone who scores three below. Okay, they may not really want to die, but they are just harming themselves, but they really don't want to die. Even people who are moderate, but that, that doesn't give a guarantee because at times they end up committing suicide. So if you score from 7, 8, 9, and 10, then you're at a high risk. So someone who is at a high risk, he or she is best managed in hospitals. When you're in hospital, yeah, we put you under what we call a caution card. Our caution card is, it is a surveillance, it is surveillance 24-7. Maybe if, an, if every after 15 minutes, you checked upon every after 15 minutes, maybe even change of staffs. That is what you call a caution card in hospital. Perhaps you also involve other therapies, counseling, maybe anger, anger management skills, maybe problem solving skills. So we involve very many therapies. But on the other hand, we also give the medications. Yeah, the medications you normally give, they tend to make you feel like Okay, they try to do away with that sadness and maybe if perhaps you're not sleeping they try to give you sleep you understand so the scale we use sad persons s stands for sex so uh researchers had it that the biggest number of people who commit suicide are always females females so for example if that person comes before me you're either female so you already qualify to score a one. You already scored a one because at least it is it is it is expected or it is it is really common among women to commit to commit suicide. Then we go to A. A stands for age. Uh, people who are aged between uh, forty five and above 45 maybe 50 55 and above those tend to really have very many reasons of committing suicide perhaps even the adolescents basically who face challenges maybe relationship challenges family problems school problems those negative emotional experiences but people who are above 45 50 because that's that that is whereby Things like responsibilities setting, things like failure to accomplish, things like you really need to be somebody in society. And if you really haven't achieved that, so there is a way you tend to get those negative emotions. So we go to D. This stands for a depressive episode. Ideally, by shame, someone thinks of dying thinks of suicide as the only alternative of solving maybe a problem there is always a stressor that stressor may be uh of an acute onset maybe a loss of a dear one maybe a loss of a body part maybe a loss of a job you understand so when we, we try to dig as much as possible for that depressive episode and during the time of committing of thinking of getting those suicidal thoughts and behaviors is that person really having a depressive episode 99 percent of them have depressive episodes they tend to be like they're feeling sad 
and that sadness is persistent for at least a period of two weeks or even uh, even more they tend to have lost interest maybe i used to enjoy going swimming i used to enjoy going outing but in the past three days i in the past three one week i feel like i really don't enjoy anything they they get feelings of guilt they feel like they are guilty maybe Maybe I was working for someone, the money was stolen, it was me who, who was on duty, so I feel like I'm guilty. They feel like they blame themselves and they really find that suicide is the only way to go. Um, others tend to feel like they're unworthy, what you call negative thoughts of, they have, they feel they're unworthy, hopeless, they feel like they really can't fit to be in society, they feel like they they are not themselves so we try to dig out of that that depressive episode so in most cases when we when you have that depressive episode any of the depressive symptoms you score a one so that takes us to p p stands for previous attempt uh in most cases people who have had multiple multiple attempts suicidal attempts are at a very higher higher risk of committing suicide than someone who is just doing it for the first time someone who is doing it for the first time maybe perhaps may 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 also be a little bit fearing but people who have done it multiple and multiple and they're just rescued the time reaches when they feel like death is just normal to them so I try to dig out the previous attempt and if they were there how was that person helped what was done what was the cause of that so we try as much as possible to 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 to, to try and find out what really happened so that takes us to e e stands for ethanol use yeah people ethanol use could include people take alcohol drugs of abuse marijuana mirror and so on mm. People who take alcohol, in most cases, it's a two-way thing. You may have a problem, maybe a loss, maybe a what. People may, instead of thinking of dying, some of them go and drink. In that period when they are drinking, those suicidal thoughts are, they always tend to reduce. So in most cases, someone who is maybe using drugs, maybe using alcohol, on the other hand, it, it becomes like a protecting factor towards suicide. However, also, when it goes on the other side, an overdose of the alcohol, because you may have a problem and maybe you take more than what you take, and then you depress the central nervous system, and you end up going into a coma, finally dying. So also, alcohol becomes a caution for us when we are managing a suicidal patient, or when you are assessing for suicidal risks among someone, maybe who has had negative feelings who had who has been got trying to attempt suicide so this takes us to r r stands for rational thinking laws when i say rational thinking laws i talk of the mental state of a person at that very time uh, i talk of maybe if that is that person in his or her normal state of mind or that person is not is not mentally okay is were there voices were this person hearing voices of people that were telling her please go and kill yourself you're not worthy they are criticizing her they are making her feel like she's not her and they really force her to go and and commit the suicide mm, also talk of the the delusions if i'm to give an example of our manic the manic patients who have bipolar manic episodes they tend to feel like they are above the world they are so special they feel like they can do anything so someone may feel like maybe i'm batman they assume positions during that time makes make, someone may say i'm, I'm spider-man i can jump so in the course of achieving that so that they are so 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 superior they tend up they end up maybe jumping and at the end of the day they're committing suicide so also look at the mental state of a person at that time is there any anything that is deviating from the normal state of mind 
the hallucinations, the delusions, the thinking, the behavior. So also tend to try as much as possible to assess that. So this takes us to S. S stands for social isolation and lack of lack of social support. So try to find out that when at times you tend to, to ask about someone's personality, is this person really been maybe not so much engaging with friends, family and the rest. Then you ask if it has been okay, yes. Of late, has it been really intensified that he has really been doing it, that he really isolates him or herself. He or she is always maybe locked indoors. He's always trying to avoid the environment, trying to do what. So that really makes us give a picture. It gives us a picture that really there is something wrong. Try to ask about the the social support in most cases people who get suicidal behaviors who get suicidal attempts people who think of harming themselves they always tend to have low maybe family support and social support for example maybe a mother a mother of four kids she has just given birth she needs pampers maybe now the husband has dumped her outside uh, the kids need to eat they need to survive. The landlord has chased them out of the house. So you find that that lack of support, that support could either be from friends, family, the community, and the rest. So we try to dig about that. Then the other thing that contributes to suicide, we also try to ask about suicide in the family. Because some things may be hereditary or genetic. Maybe your grand-grandmother, grand-grandfather committed suicide. Your uncle. Your aunt. So try to ask in your family, is there someone who has ever, ever committed suicide? So if it is there, then you're also at a higher risk of committing suicide because it runs in families. Then we go to O. O stands for basically there are two things here. You can try to tell of any other mental disease. Maybe apart from the social stressors and apart from what we've mentioned up above, maybe you have you have a mental illness. Perhaps you have you've you've had a post-traumatic stress disorder before. You've been traumatized before, and during that time, maybe you felt like you were not you. And during that time, whereby you you get such you all those those memories, all those those instances happen to come down. To, to come back maybe you've had maybe you have epilepsy and because of the, the the frequent attacks you get sometimes they make you feel ashamed you fall in you fall in public you get wounds you get you feel ashamed you urinate on yourself you understand so maybe all those thoughts tend to come back they also really contribute to someone's suicidal behaviors and attempts then maybe also ask do you have any organized plan in most cases, in most cases, some people always tend to have an organized plan. People who have organized plan, they can do it gradually. They do it gradually as they plan. So if someone has an organized plan, some people may not have an organized plan. And they'll be like, me, I just want to wake up in the morning and die. But people who have organized plan at a very higher risk than someone who doesn't have an organized plan. Mm, then we go to N. N stands for no spouse. Uh, basically, you find that people who are not married, they have a higher risk of being suicidal or committing suicide than someone who has a family because at times they tend to think of maybe how will my family feel how will my children how will i leave my children how will i leave my friends how will i leave maybe my wife or my husband so this really 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 contributes if you don't have a spouse then the other last s may stand for any sickness or it may be any chronic medical condition. For example, you have cancer. For example, you have maybe hepatitis. Maybe, for, for example, you've suffered from HIV for a long period of time and, and you reach a point whereby you feel like, ah, ah, you really feel like you should die. So, so when we scale this, this, this scales up, up to out of 10. So if, if you're really at a higher risk,
and maybe you score like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This intervention is very, very emergency. This is a psychiatric emergency whereby you need hospitalization. In hospitalization, we manage you on a caution card. The caution card involves 24-hour surveillance by either change of duty staffs and the rest. Then also we involve other therapies whereby we have the, the counselors, whereby we have the psychologists, whereby we may even get the fellow peers who can really try to talk and and they motivate you. Then we also try to teach skills. We identify the problem. Maybe the cause of your suicide was because you lost a job. You had very many debts. You had, you felt like you're not you. And the only thing you thought of was dying. Try as much as possible. We try as much as possible to try and to teach you the problem solving skills. Fine, we may not totally do away with the problem. As I said, we may not get the problem fixed, but we try as much as possible to create hope. Create hope that the problem will be fixed one time. So teach them coping skills, anger management skills, perhaps it was a problem. Uh, try to, to, to engage them in individual therapies, even group therapies. But the first attempt is always individual therapy before you think of the group therapies. So do individual therapies. Maybe the cause of that that the suicide was family related problems. We can hold family therapies. Talk to the families. Talk to the the relatives and we see. So that is crisis intervention for suicide. So that is what we do in hospitals. It is best managed in hospital because in hospital we do twenty four hour surveillance. We also give medications. The medications may try to modify the maybe the mood at that time. Yes. So some medications we don't give in people who are suicidal because they may use it, they may use them as a chance to complete their suicide. Then the other thing we also try to ask about someone who who, who is suicidal when you go back to organized plan, we tend to ask them, have you done a will? Have you sold out some of your properties have you those are people who have organized plans have you mm, tried to give out some of the properties you had have you tried to settle the debts maybe you had or such so basically that is what we can do or what we do when we come to the professional side of it it is on it is it involves a lot of therapies that involve both the the medications, what we call the pharmacological therapy. Then we have the psychotherapy, whereby we have the counselors, the psychologists, the the peer, the fellow peer members that come in and they talk. And it is a team. Even we may have the nurses. Then we include the nursing care. You think of the the other bit of it, the nutrition. Those are supplements that are supposed to be there. So that is actually the nursing care. So, that is how basically we handle suicidal or crisis intervention. But the first thing are the skills. You need to be equipped with skills. Communication skills. Listening skills. Try to be empathetic. Try to... Try to, 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 to curb, to, to, to calm down the person. Try to be like... Suicide is not the only way to go. You understand? Try to cause, make them feel like there is always an alternative, not only suicide. Try to make them that at that very time, whatever they are talking is sense to you. Let them talk. Don't interrupt what they speak. Try to give, the, give them hope. So basically, that's how we handle crisis intervention. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Paul, Agatha, and Flavia, for all your views and your very useful and important inputs um, into this whole entire conversation. 
I think one important thing that I personally can take out from this whole entire conversation is listening skills. Like we need to work on our listening skills and I think it's that's a very, very important thing to incorporate in such a situation other than the person is talking, you're also talking like you know. So I think that's something that's very important and just your entire presence um selfless presence is a very important thing and yeah if you are ever struggling with suicidal thoughts and you feel like there is nobody to listen to you or you feel like everybody doesn't want to you know i know sometimes people feel like that like no one is going to want to listen to your problems but there are people that have lived through similar situations as you that want to listen to you and want to help you and the organization is here to help you so if you feel like you need any mental health support if you need someone to speak to it doesn't matter what time it is it depends on if you know depends on the times also but please reach out to us um on our social media uh accounts or our whatsapp group that we do have if you don't have it, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I can't help you with that. <laughs> but please do reach out to us on our social media accounts, uh, our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we shall get back to you. We can even send you the link on, like the link on on your through your DMs, so that you can just join easily. But yeah, um, the podcast is dedicated to suicide awareness again because of the recent cases that we had of the two, three um, people that committed suicide. Um, that's why we decided to do this as an organization because we thought it's important to address this issue. It's a very serious issue and yeah. So the podcast is available on all, on all <laughs> listening platforms. Please do share with your friends and your family and your friends, friends, friends. We would appreciate it. This is not for us. It's for people out there that don't understand mental health and need more understanding on different mental health issues. And we shall catch you in the next episode of this series. Bye for now.